0: Jibbly jibbly! It's Hotline League episode eighty-one. Uh, we've got such a great show for you guys tonight. Our special guest is Stick Trevor Hayes from CLG. You know, we didn't talk to him for a very long time because he was on a team that just kept losing, but uh, now he's winning, so he gets to be on a show. It's going to be fantastic. We got Mark Zimmerman here. Mark Zimmerman, how's it going?
1: It's going good. I feel like shit. My stomach's upset because I drank a anchovy fish oil smoothie last night, and then ate about two pounds of meat on top of it so
0: i want to die well we can talk about that in a second let's not but this this week this week has actually been uh this weekend has been fantastic i actually think uh saturday was the best uh best day of league legends lcs action in quite some time we had the uh we had so much stuff going on and uh, rift rivals is coming up this week stick has got a week off which is nice for him we'll talk about that and uh, and so much before, but before I get into that, I want to shout out Alienware. Behind me is a beautiful Alienware Aurora. Here's a monitor. We want to uh, thank them for the support. We'll uh, discuss uh, them a little bit more. And something special that we are doing—that's a live hotline league that's happening this Friday with alcohol. Yes, there will be booze oh there. You God. can come watch it if you're in LA. Uh, but that'll be happening. We'll talk more about that later on. Uh, but first off, my constant co-host Mark Zimmerman. So. Yesterday on the air, on air, you had to drink. What was in the smoothie?
1: It was banana, strawberry as like the base, and then they put in uh, anchovies, fish oil, and blue cheese.
0: And you said it was salty. That was the biggest thing.
1: Yeah, it was. I think anchovies are pretty salty, and I think fish oil is very salty. So it was just super, super salty, and then had a very fishy aftertaste. It was it was disgusting. Yeah. It didn't smell bad, though, which is, I guess...
0: Well, what's funny positive. was you seemed to take it very well when you sipped it at first. You're like, oh, it's kind of salty, but Crumbs looked like he was about to vomit.
1: Uh, we, one of the PAs tried it. He looked like he was going to vomit. It's like... Yeah, it creeps up on you. It's, not, it's like, just like, oh, a disgust. It's just like if you drink salt water. Like, if you just open your mouth in the ocean, it kind of tastes like that. And then just imagine, like, a lot fishier aftertaste.
0: Yeah, that sounds awful. It was, yeah, it was
1: pretty fucking bad.
2: Yeah. Well,
0: we're joined by Stixay from CLG. How's it going, Stixay?
2: I'm doing pretty well. How about you, Travis?
0: I am doing... Well. Thank you for asking. Yeah. I I was actually... So, I'm gonna just address this. I was pretty bored with the beginning of LCS split. Like, I thought it was relatively intellectually interesting that the majority of the teams were tied but also kind of makes it weird because it makes like the narratives and stuff kind of hard. I felt like it's like, uh, what teams are good? What teams aren't? And I felt like there was too much interesting stuff. And then Saturday happened and it just felt like we had all this crazy stuff happening. Golden guardians, almost beat TL. We had uh two back-to-back upsets right after that. Scarlet on optic had his debut did really well. Uh, that whole day. I was just like, Whoa. And I, it was great because it fed the energy my interviews always feed off of like how excited I am about what's going on because sometimes it's just like I just feel like there's not much to talk about um, and then things went really well so uh, how was this weekend for you?
2: Uh, it was alright we went 1-1 uh, we lost to C9 and we beat FlyQuest so it wasn't too bad but yeah. def- definitely got smashed by C9 so it yes. didn't feel too great yeah,
0: they, well, and they, I don't know, it's interesting. So they lost, oddly, the, on Saturday, but then they beat you guys. So I don't know what that says about Cloud9. Maybe inconsistent at the moment, I don't know.
1: Or what does it say about 100 Thieves? That's the real question. Yep. Yeah. Three-game three win, win three winning streak,
0: yeah. Mark, I need to fix your camera for some reason it froze up. Uh, yes, the 100 Thieves thing is super fascinating as well. Um, because now they're on a three, as you said, a three-game win streak, which is just wild. That team, I, we were talking about whether or not they were gonna even be able to, like, do they just collapse now since they can't seem to win? Um, and it seemed to work out just fine for them, uh, whatever changes they made, so pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, like you're saying, just the fact that Summer Split is very different from Spring, despite not having a ton of turnover, like FlyQuest is the worst team in the league by now, right now, despite yeah. no changes in being fourth before, and Echo Fox is no longer a playoff team, and Optic's sick and C L G sick and Clutch is doing better. And, you know, like I, it's surprising that there's been this much different from last split without that many roster moves.
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: Well,
0: uh, that's that's what's going on there. We also have Rift Rivals coming up. That'll be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of this week. Six A. Uh, that means that you have the week off. Are you excited to have the week off? Is it a nice break? Uh,
5: I don't
2: really have the week off. I have day and a half off, I think. But okay. it's still pretty nice. It's my yeah. first day off of the whole squad, so.
0: I mean, are you going to be it. scrimming on Saturday and Sunday?
2: Uh, I think just Saturday. Oh, you're right. I do have another day off coming up. Yeah. But right now, as of now, this is, like, my my day off. Um, and then tomorrow I have some stuff to do. But I have, like, partially the day off. But no yeah. scrims, so. Are you uh, guys
1: trying to get scrims with the the European teams when they come over? Or
2: uh, That would be nice, saying? but I don't think so. Or do you know if the European teams are even planning on scrimming or just being like, fuck that, we're jet-lagged? I, and... I have no idea. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a loser. I don't know much about the Rift Rivals situation. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: well, Rift Rivals hit. Teamfight Tactics has been out for a week and is about to go live over the next couple of days. So, Mark, I got official permission uh, because... Because Wait, was it 6A who POE. said something? Well, I think it's oh, funny that right. you mixed it up with. But in, I have an interview <laughs> yeah. coming out. Some, uh, was it? Is it today? Well, it was, well be tomorrow. But I did an interview with PoE where he accidentally leaked that there was a team fight Tactics show match that took place. And they're going to release it, uh, I think, in the next couple of days. I'm not sure when. But we could officially say that it happened. I don't, we won't spoil any of the results or whatever, but... Um, Let's see. I think the, the people that were in it were BioFrost, Contracts, Rick Fox, <clears throat> Steve from Team Liquid, uh, Reggie. Reggie, Jack, and then contracts. there's another player, I think, right? Oh, Media. Contracts? Con- no, I just already said Contracts. Contracts, BioFrost, and there was one more Oh, player. Pobelter. Yeah, Pobelter, yes. And so we watched that on Saturday, uh, and you cast it, Mark.
1: Mm hmm. I have casted the first official tft competition yeah uh so that's pretty cool yeah
0: and that that's I probably mean, that's, highlight of my weekend it was it was pretty fun to watch i actually highly recommend people uh check it out but i it was what was interesting to me about it was, i mean i think it obviously helped that like it's like jack and steve and and all these guys but rick fox you know trying to trying to see if he can perform better in tft that he he has on the rift. Uh, but,
1: uh, I don't want to spoil anything, yeah, but no if spoilers. you check certain CLG supports Twitter, you might be able to glean
0: a little bit about what happened. Yeah, what, I don't, we, we don't need to do that, but, um, I, <laughs> I highly, I highly recommend people check it out. And it was fun to watch. And you guys did it was you and a and you guys did a pretty good job casting it.
1: Yeah. I, uh, it was really weird because they don't have a, a replay or a, um, spectator thing set up yet yeah. so we used i think it was like i don't i don't think it matters i'm spoiling this but we use shadow pl- uh what was it called for pro view i think it's called technically shadow play or something i forget i'm picture sure shadow play yeah so i think we used Proview slash shadow play or whatever to be able to look at all eight and then they they routed that to us on one of our monitors so we could see all eight boards but it was like really squish and hard to see and then we had another one that was kind of directed by someone who was just kind of hopping between the boards that was full screen and that was kind of like what the viewers were seeing so yeah. it was really weird and kind of hard to figure out exactly what to do but like eventually we found our groove and I think like once people start getting eliminated it's a lot easier because you just like watch people lose over and over and get knocked out so it was a lot of fun
3: yeah
0: and uh Mandalorian and chess is where can I find it I mentioned this a little bit ago but I know they're planning on streaming it I think or maybe just releasing it to you I don't know where but it should be hitting it should be available and I'm sure the Lolly Esports Twitter account will tweet it out in the next um In the next day or two so hopefully you guys can check it i'm i'm really excited about uh i I just uh, it was interesting to me because it was the first time where i would seen like i haven't watched any auto chess tournaments but i was surprised at how well the format worked i think it probably helped because they're all like known personalities and stuff i don't know if i would watch like an eight hour team fight tactics tournament though maybe i would um but highly recommend people check that out but if you know if you guys want to talk about team fight tactics uh we can do that it's been out for a week and i we could field some questions Uh, World Championships cities, venues, and dates got announced. So we know that it's at it's in Berlin and Spain. We're in Spain, Madrid. Uh, I I forget. Yeah, Madrid, and then finals are in Paris. So we can talk about that. And the dates are a little later. It's about one week later than it normally is. I'm trying to think of anything else um, besides LCS Teamfight Tactics, the world's announcement. Uh
1: have you played any Stixa Team Fight Tactics?
2: Uh the only thing I've done is sat in the queue for a really long time. <laughs> have not played Alright, let's let's say no team fight tactics questions.
0: I mean we could take one or two. Right?
1: We'll see. If there's a good one, if it's just like, hey, I think team fight tactics is cool I'm like, okay, thanks.
0: Yeah. Well
1: Um Otherwise, yeah, I think just talking about CLG changes from last split to this split. Obviously you have Rune coming and now we can get a lot of first hand info. Uh, as well as just like what the uh, coaching staff has been
0: Hello? I'm not dropping frames. Oh wait, there we go. Hi. <laughs> Hello? For some reason we just had a, a brief internet hiccup. Um no. sorry. You were saying what the coaching staff is what?
1: Oh, I I was just saying that like just general coaching staff stuff and like what's it like? Just... and yeah. then I was saying I was I was sad that they were not first because the C9 game was I thought they were gonna win it. I right. thought CLG had it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is my uh cam frozen by the way?
0: Um it might be. might be. Yes, it is. Uh I will fix okay. that. Good catch. Okay. So yeah, we have uh, CLG conversations to have and and discussions around that and the comeback of the team and uh, how it's innately tied to uh, Nick Allen leaving the organization because it seemed to really start looking (laughs) well whenever he left. Um, And yeah, all sorts of stuff to talk about on the show tonight. Um, Mark, do you want to explain how the show works for Stixay, who evidently has never watched it?
2: Hasn't Stixay been on before? I was at the Miami uh, in-person one, actually.
1: Yeah, it's the same thing except we use Discord. So I'm spamming the Discord right now with the link to join. Go ahead and join up. Once you get here, join Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls to uh, the voice channels, and then mute yourself once you're in there. And then the Pleb Topics or Subtopics text channels, go type up whatever it is you want to talk about. Hopefully, it's a take. Like, I think CLG will finish top three, as opposed to, like, I want to talk about how good CLG is, because I, I don't know what you're actually going to say then. Uh, if we like your topic, we'll go ahead and pull you into the waiting room where you'll hang out until it is. Uh, your turn. We'll do a quick audio check, and then you'll be on air.
0: There you go. If you are a sub, by the way, uh, first off, thank you for being a sub. You're a dying breed, um, but I it also gives you access to the sub topics chat. So that channel moves a little slower. You can drop uh, your topic in there, and it gives you just a bit of a better chance of being on the show. Um, and that's, by the way, it's I I. Look, this is my personal opinion, but I have found that subs are better human beings. Hey, Sam. Kobe's home. Uh, subs are better human beings and uh, you want to be a better human being. So yeah, I see some subs hidden right now. All right, Mark, are you pulling people yet?
1: Yeah, I can go get someone.
0: Oh, you've got four people in there. Okay. We're, we're going to dive into it. Uh, Nine. Cloud9 Nine sent your jersey and you want to show it on stream? say why isn't uh, Cloud9 sent... Or, why isn't CLG sent... Uh... Yeah. Oh, CLG sent you stuff, too? Yeah. Okay. I lost <laughs> it. You lost it?
2: uh lost, lost it, page, it huh?
0: Lost your... Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. That's the that's Kobe cameo for the evening. Um, uh, Mark should be joining us in just a second. I'm going to try to read off some subs. But, where are we? loading up right now.
2: I think I might have a Twitch Prime sub for you, actually, Travis. Really? That'd yeah, let me... Great. Actually, people usually oh, gift...
0: Yeah. You, might hold ba- you might hold back, because sometimes people... Uh, gift... Oh, that's fine, don't worry for... about it. This one's really? just for you.
1: Wow. Which chat's telling me you're brain lagging again, Travis. Were you brain lagging while I was gone?
0: A little bit. A little bit. I don't know why call. I'm brain lagging so much. Actually, I know why I'm brain lagging so much. Can
1: I... I'm going to text Kobe to slap you in the face,
0: wake you up. I feel extra pressure tonight. We've got... Special viewers on the chat. Um, we
1: got Big
6: Dixay on.
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's definitely not Stixay that's causing that. Okay. Yeah, okay. Sackowitz. Sackowitz, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from?
6: I'm calling from uh, Houston, Texas.
0: Houston, Texas. You're a little quiet, so I'm going to turn you up. Can you get closer to the mic a bit? Is that better? Yes, that's way better. That's way better. Um, where, so Houston, Texas. How is Houston?
6: Uh, very warm. Very, very misty very misty you mean like humid or yeah very humid okay gotcha
0: do you live in actual houston or you live in like the suburbs
6: oh no i live in houston okay nice
0: i liked i liked uh houston when i went there uh i was there about a year and a half ago and i really enjoyed it um maybe two years either way what's your topic for Kobe's Um, feeling about how the cloud nine jersey has says his name on it
6: um anyway what is what is your topic for the evening (laughs) Um, so I want to hear your guys' thoughts on particularly the the new problem that teams are finally seeming to address about vocal pressure and, you know, how, dar- I guess, the CLG's removal of Darshan kick-started that. So um, on Inside CLG, I believe is where I first heard it, is that, you know, it gave me the idea that, hey, Darshan almost had too much, um, you know, quote-unquote veteran power and when he was removed, it allowed everyone to have more of a voice into what was going on. Now, I know that it's going to be a little different for other teams because of, you know, everyone, had, all different players have different experiences. You're getting but, quieter
0: again. I don't know if your microphone is... Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good, you're um, good.
6: <laughs> um, but, for example, um, on old old CLG, I guess you could call them, I, I guess right before huhi and you know, Sticksay was popping off. You know, I don't, no disrespect, Sticksay, you were popping off. Um, Thank you. You know, they were all. They started winning because they all had you know really good veteran players until you know, Sticksay and who he came in again, popping off at the time. Um, <laughs> but like, if you look at TL now, new, uh, the new Golden Guardians and the old 100 Thieves, these are all players that um, I guess have a lot more I guess equivalent status to each other. Um, I get. I mean, Golden Guardians is a little different because of Deathly. But I just wonder how this is hitting your ears. Are we going to see more changes of the removal of veterans, even if they're good? Like, Darshan is definitely not a bad player. So
0: so sorry, I'm just trying to cons- uh, make your, your questions kind of sum it up, or your your topic. Is the idea that certain teams have veteran players on them for a long time, and maybe it's pe- teams get too attached to attach it, or...?
1: I think the uh, the point is that there's some people who take on too large of a shot-calling role in their team and it stops other people from being able to contribute or something like that.
0: Gotcha. Is that it, Sacco? Yeah, specifically veterans. Gotcha. Okay. Well, first off, Stixay, do you think that that's a fair assessment of what was going on with CLG? And was it just sort of a thing where, like, Darshan had too much of this on him and... And now that he's not uh, active on the main uh, roster and is over at Colton Guardian set, you know, it, it allows you guys to communicate in a different style.
2: Uh, I think, in a way, yes, but also no. Because I think Darshan, while he was a vocal part of the team, it didn't, I wouldn't say it like, inhibited anyone else on the team from saying what they wanted to say. So I wouldn't say it really affected too much. Um, I think the biggest change for us was just. Having a change, and while Rune is a bit quieter, I also just think that the players that we kept, like improved pretty pretty massively. So that was like why the team overall looks a lot better. But I definitely don't think it was like you know because Darshan's like inhibiting people from making calls because he wants to do things his way or anything like that. Because I definitely think everyone had like a lot of room to say what they wanted to say.
1: Uh, how much of it is Wiggly? Because I know when he was on Academy. He was kind of like the main shot caller, I think, from what I understood. Like, especially in the early game, he would say what he wanted to do and his lanes would react to him versus him reacting to his lanes. Was that something that was different in spring to summer? Or is it just now that he's had more time on stage, he's just better? Uh, or is it
2: actually like his, his shot calling has changed? Um, I would say his shot calling is actually very similar. He does almost everything on our team. And um I just think he got a lot better. I think he does like the similar types of calls except they're just right more often whereas last split it was like wrong a lot of the time. So.
0: Hmm. Well, Mark, do you think more broadly speaking that there's that that even if it's only sort of the case with Hello. Hello, I show do it. Want... Oh, the this CLG is doing You here. need to show it so that they can see it on the screen. There you go. <laughs>
3: That's, That's
0: not... <laughs> <laughs> Because you, Mark is not enjoying this segment. Um, <laughs> Kobe.
1: Thank Kobe, you, can Kobe. you, Can you slap Travis? He's been having some brain lag and needs to Please wake up. Me. Can you just give him a little slap?
0: I'll explain later, Kobe. You'll understand why my brain is lagging. Um, Hello. Uh, Mark, do you think that even if the topic of, you know, one person having too much pressure on them from a shot-calling perspective it's it's maybe only half applicable to CLG. Do you think that there's a chance that this could be applied to other teams in the LCS?
1: Yeah, I think there's some players who definitely kind of just, like, word vomit things, and it's not inherently bad or good. It's just sometimes it fills comms up. So I know, like, uh, when I worked with Smoothie, he was a little bit like this at points where he would just, like, kind of say what's going on in his lane, but it wasn't, like, actionable necessarily, and it wasn't like he was telling his AD carry. Um you know, I think some play... Like, that's just the only one I, I can think of off the top of my head because I've had personal experience with it. And I'm sure, you know, this was... It was a, it was a rough and tumble time back in between Season 5 and 6 for, for TL. There's a lot of things that happened. So I'm not going to, you know, say Smoothie is, is the exact same player or anything. Uh, but I think a lot of teams... I don't know if teams still do this, but we did we did comms analysis where, like, I had a, an, an analyst whose job it was was to sit there and we had a spreadsheet broken down into different topics at different points in the game... And every time someone said something, they would get, you know, a little tally. And so then we would see how much people are talking at different points in the game. And then you can start analyzing and making pie charts about like, oh, this guy makes 80% of our comms. This guy doesn't do this. And then you can say just generally we don't talk about, we talk about dragon like twice. We should probably be focusing more on paying attention to dragon timers because it doesn't seem like we're talking about it very much. And so we had a lot of spreadsheets around that stuff to try and figure out like, oh, Kwasan laning phase doesn't talk at all. Like, we kind of already knew that, but now we have more specifically, like, what his calls are, and we can track it for the whole split and see how how he's improving and stuff like that. So I don't know if teams do calm analysis still or what, but, like, that was something we really did, and I think you can get players who, just by virtue of of their personality or what, just want to talk more. Like, I know when we had a special, he was, like, him and Dom were like 65, 70% of our comms on that roster because Piglet, Phoenix, and Quas were pretty quiet. So, like, you know, every team will be different. And it's, it was fine for us because they were naturally quiet. It wasn't like they were trying to make calls and they were getting talked down or anything right. like that. Um, but I think every team will be different.
0: Stick uh, say, how different is, like, you, how have you, how's the communication on CLG evolved over time? Uh, and is, it, is this the most different it's ever been now that Darshan has gone and Ruins in?
2: Uh, it's definitely definitely a lot different. Um, I mean, I've played with a lot of different players on CLG so far, and I think primarily most of our communication is almost always coming from my jungler. Um, outside of maybe in the Dardoch era, we might have had just like primarily Afro. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, it's just like primarily the jungler that calls most things, and laners are calling, you know, certain informations or, like, things they tell the jungler, and the jungler can make the decision based off of that information. But it's not too different. I feel like it's pretty standard in most teams uh, nowadays.
6: Well,
0: Sacco, does that uh, address your topic,
6: you feel? Very much so. Thank you for yeah. answering.
0: Well, thank you for calling in all the way from Houston. Uh, any shout-outs or anything you want to say here uh, before we say goodbye?
6: Uh, yeah, shout-out to Alienware for wonderful host sponsoring the wonder most wonderful podcast on the planet and shout out to energy institute esports club there you okay. go okay shout <laughs> that's, out that's shout it. out to them thanks so much for the
0: call thank you okay, have a good one all right moving on to the next caller mark's gonna run off and grab them uh meanwhile i want to shout out puma pock sergeant muffin hammer i love the names that you guys have it just makes me feel Great reading them out. Coolmo damage. Vitu Chu 97 Vito2 97. Mercy Zay, Golino, Sakowitz, who was just on the show. and Berg five. Uh, we got Tango Tamo, Tamer. Tango Tamer Tam. on the show. Yes, I. You call, you've called in before, I believe. Yes, I have. Uh, I believe it was for all stars. All stars. Okay, so it's been a bit. Uh, where are you calling from? Remind me? Uh, i'm calling from montreal actually. montreal well, i have a, a friend who's visiting me from montreal she's not here right now unfortunately but i'm sure she'd be excited to uh to hear uh i went to montreal for a winter a year and a half ago really enjoyed it i think i no saw one you cares about-
1: travis
0: mark they care all right people this is they they tune in for yeah, my travel they took time conversation out of his
1: day off to hear about how you went to montreal last
0: year <laughs> i was there for the first snow of the year it was quite delightful
4: Tango Tamer, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So, uh, my topic was about 100 Thieves and their potent- potential playoff run and possibly making top four.
7: All right. Calm
4: down there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, hear me out. Hold on. All right, so go for I it. Did yeah, that's actually- fine. Did, i did actually watch your uh interview with aframu as well and yeah. that was there's a few points with that as well that i wanted to bring up along with uh, uh the heist i had a chance to watch that and get a bit of Amazing's um uh point of view i guess you can say so i i guess i could start with saying the aframo and amazing synergy is pretty good i think that's what i was understanding and what i was watching I think if they're on the same page, along with the rest of the team, obviously, I think it's really good, and it's going to help the the team in general. But um, Amazing was saying on the heist that, like, with Bang specifically, he felt, and this is, I don't want to quote, it's not word for word, but basically saying that Bang was afraid to punish mistakes that that the teams were making, specifically Echo Fox, and that um, uh, Amazing had to basically tell him like this is Echo Fox you know if they're making a mistake they're you have to punish them and not to be basically as scared as I guess he was and uh and I think it showed I think that he has been playing a lot better not not that he was playing bad necessarily but I think that he's just been going all out more than previously so that was the first thing that um that I had noticed, along with uh, Rio ste- Ryu stepping up in the mid lane. I think that he was he's a big factor to 100 Thieves success as well, just being really good in the mid lane. Mm. He's, he's standing his own versus really good mid laners along with C9, right? And I think that uh, one more thing. Hold on. I, had re- I wrote it here. Hold on a sec. Uh, okay. I do yeah, really no, you that. guys we can have notes
0: in front of you. I think it's actually really impressive, but I just—it's like let me <laughs> review my notes. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Sorry. That's no, think I was getting.
4: Everything. Yeah, it's fine. Um, no, I can I could stop with that, and I'll just say my last thing after. Sure. Okay. All, All
0: right. Six,
1: I go first. Have you been scrimming them? What 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 do you think about
2: hundred thieves? Uh, we do scrim them quite a bit, but it was like when they're going through a lot of changes uh, with their rosters and stuff, so it was. Really hard to get a read on how good they're going to be, but all I detected was there's a lot of mental boom going on. Um, so hopefully that looks like it's fixed. Uh, I think they're playing like much better, whereas before it was like they weren't even playing like a team at all. So past what three games they're playing a lot better and they started winning. So that is a great group.
0: analysis. You're like the past three games they've been playing a lot better and they started winning. It's like, it really holds in on. Well, the you topic. know, it's, it's like the they
2: head. just started playing like a team more. They actually. No. Able to, I, I don't know if they really get leads, but I would say specifically like their jungle and bottom lane have been playing really well. So I think, you know, there was an else, and they were saying they,
1: were, they were mental boom before. It wasn't like this team sucks and they can't compete. It was like,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah It was just like I don't know what's going on.
4: Mm-hmm. You know, and that, and that, and that's the whole thing is I really think that the jungle and bottom lane have been performing well. I think that amazing. I stated too that he thinks that him and Afro really work well together, and now that Bang is. Stepping into it a bit more, I think it's going a lot, a lot, a lot better. And I also watched your interview, and you had asked Afromo, uh, sorry, Afro if um, if uh, what he thought about everybody and how, and he he replied to you saying that he doesn't think all teams are basically far apart. Like no team can basically one v nine anymore. It's more of a synergy thing, and if the team meshes well. And I think that if they if they do start to pick it up and they start meshing really well, especially with God. His performance wasn't like insanely great, but I do think that he can step it up. And if they do, this is where I think that they can push it. I said top four, and then like I thought about GGS as well. I don't want to go too far into that, but like I do believe that they could push it. I I do truly do. Yeah, I mean, I'm
1: with you on the potential playoff push. Top four is a little crazy because it feels pretty stacked right now. You have yeah obviously the top three from spring who are largely. Still pretty good. I mean, TSM is a little weird right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, CLG is doing way better. Optics doing way better. Golden Guardians seems just about the same level. Clutch has been doing better, and now Hundred Thieves is doing better too. It's like two yeah, of those it's... teams aren't
4: making it. That's eight teams. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's a lot you of think... teams in the middle of the pack that are doing really well right now.
0: By the way, Mark, you think Golden Guardians is just doing this as well? I think they're doing better than last split. No,
2: they're only four and four. They have gotten three they're games. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's
0: true. It's just I've, I've talked to so many p- players who say that they feel like Golden Guardians is really good to split. Al- although the zero three, I guess, does does do that. I also like, by the way, uh, collar tango tango tamer. That What's... that you're like, you're, we're talking to Stixy, and you're like, I think they're going to get top four, and then you're like, but wait, I thought about Golden <laughs> <Okay>. Guardians. So <laughs> no, where are right, you, pl- like...
4: you placing CLG in this theoretical lineup? You know what? CLG, along with... I'm, I'm very surprised with OpTic. Uh, I, I think that you guys are both doing really good. I think CLG has the potential as well to be up there. Like, all those teams in the middle of the pack is actually really hard to say. Yeah. Uh, even OpTic, I was surprised... Well, not surprised. It's just they, they filled in Scarlet to go versus TSM, and they won. Scarlet really performed well, so, like, I don't want to go too much into that topic, but like, I was just surprised, so I really don't know. I, I'm sure top... Like, the fourth team... It could be anyone in the middle of the pack, CLG for sure. GGS was just the first team that came to my head, but... Sure. Good save. Good job. Well,
1: uh, save, <laughs> have you ever been on a team that was like Hundred Thieves, where, like, they were just inactive and completely mental-boomed? Because wh- what I remember of CLG when they were struggling, a lot of the times it was like they would get early leads and then throw. Um, so, I don't know, have you ever been in a situation like, like what looked like was wrong with Hundred Thieves?
2: uh I don't know it I don't think my situation was ever that bad because usually I mean for example last split it was like I think we started off our first scrim week going like five wins and like thirty five losses and I would say that's how <laughs> most of our went it was like we would just have zero six days constantly in scrims um but by the time the weekend come or came we would usually be able to pull at least like a one one or you know the occasional two0 which so I, I haven't had a team that's just full mental boom where it's just like you get on stage and it's still you have no idea what's going on it was just like primarily in scrims and then you know at least we're doing okay on stage yeah
0: well okay so i guess the final verdict here you're i know you backed out on it tango but is there a world where 100 thieves finishes top four the split you know what i'll I'll stick to it because i will be that guy who we predict we'll yes, I know. Running. That's exactly. what all of exactly. you guys do. You call it with the hot take, and the, <laughs> if it doesn't happen, everybody forgets. And then if it does, you are like, I want everyone to know I called it on June twenty exactly. fourth. Uh, it's, it's a win win.
4: It's a win win either way. You
1: gotta call call the other three top teams. Is it TSM, TL, and C9 or CLG in that top four?
4: Nah, here I'll do this. It'll be TLC9, CLG Thieves. TSMs. I'm gonna make. It oh, okay. That's what, what I like I got to you. hear. Wait, you said they're not even making playoffs? They're not making top 4, I said, sorry. Oh, okay, okay. Okay,
0: so, Mark, ignoring the CLG thing. Uh, is is 100 Thieves going to be a top 4 team by the end of the split? No. 6A.
2: Uh... Seems unlikely. Okay. 6A <laughs> <Same, same. laughs> is like an 8-ball. <laughs> yeah, no, I was trying to think <laughs> of an 8-ball response.
1: Rest in peace. <laughs> try yes, try again
0: later. The...
2: That was close, that was close. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to be a top four team. I am happy to see that they're starting to to win. Uh, all the memes of like they visited orphanage. It was so sad to see the the sad looks on their faces. Uh, said Timmy, age eleven. I like that. Those can no longer. It's good. It's good that Hundred Thieves is not at that place anymore. Uh, either way, thanks so much Tango for calling in.
4: No problem. Have a good one, guys. Have a good one. See you. All right.
0: On to the next caller. We got some good calls tonight. I'm, I'm vibing this episode. <sighs> Voyu1 for the 18 months. A year and a half. Thank you for being a sub for a year and a half. Exigen Chan for 10 months. Elo Bulbasaur for 15. And uh, let's see, where are we? Mikey Steves for 9 months. We could have had a kid. Kiwi Mullet Boy at 19 months. We're getting up there. Uh, Night Dive for the Prime. And Carouse44 for six months. We got Rico Suave on. Rico Suave, who helped me very briefly troubleshoot some audio issues earlier. Uh, thank you for that, Rico. Where are you calling from?
5: Um, I'm, calling, I'm calling from New York City.
0: Yeah, I knew that. I just wanted to ask anyway. Um, <laughs> how's New York?
5: Um, we spoke about this earlier.
0: Well, if we weren't on stream. The podcast people won't know.
5: Uh, okay. Well, it's very hot now. Great.
0: Let's just get into the call. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight?
5: Uh, what I want to talk about is
0: uh, what... Rico. Hello. Hi. Hello. Oh my god! I heard, I heard you say what I want to talk about is, and then you cut out.
5: Oh, I thought that was just on my end. No, no, no. Oh, it's this mic. It sucks. Um, so I want to talk about is. Um, I... oh, Hello where Are you trolling? <laughs> I'm not just trolling. A troll.
0: What is it? Just quickly tell me.
5: Alright, I want to talk
0: about Weldon's Coaching Style.
5: Weldon's Coaching Uh, Style. What about it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus
0: Christ. Okay, one more time and then if not, you type it out. What about Weldon's Coaching Style?
5: How much does it contribute to CLGs winning? Okay,
0: how much does Weldon's Coaching Style contribute to CLGs winning? The great thing about this Tixie is I, there's no way you could say like, well, it doesn't add, It doesn't contribute much because then you know. Well, the, I think Weldon is the type of person where if I like, we've said his name, he will now find this content in the next uh, two hours. How much did Weldon it.
2: pay you, Rico? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: well, it might be uh,
0: not be Weldon, or it might be his, an enemy. He's hoping that you'll you'll say it doesn't contribute much.
1: Um, uh, for people who don't know, can you also say what is Weldon's coaching style like? You know, he has a sports psychologist background, very so I assume he focuses what I've heard. I assume he focuses more on mentality than anything. Uh,
5: hello, so what I think is he has a like Oh a I was asking Six Oh, okay. Sorry.
0: Six a, how would you describe Weldon's This is the best caller. Uh six a, how would you how would you describe <laughs> Weldon's coaching style?
2: Uh Weldon's coaching style. Let me think. So, I, yeah, he's definitely the, uh, I would say, more mentality type of coach and just in general tries to get into the player's brain and understand what they're thinking while also giving his input on how he thinks a uh, player should think. Um, I can get, for example, like last split when I was benched, uh, he essentially explained to me like, you know, you should view the split as 10 weeks where you just all in and you put everything in league. And you just, you just you try your hardest and see what you get out of it, right? And it kind of changed my mindset because uh, the actual reason I got benched a while ago was actually I just didn't play enough solo queue. And uh, my reasoning was, like, you know, if I play too much solo queue, I'm in NA, it feels not super helpful for me outside of mechanics. And I feel like I get more burnt out playing solo queue rather than if I were just play, like, a few games a day and then sleep earlier, get more sleep and then be uh, well-rested for scrims and stuff like that. And this split, I started just putting a lot more time into the game, playing a lot more solo queue and stuff like that. So he just kind of gave me, like, a, you know, hey, you should try to think this way as a professional player. You know, you have 10 weeks to do this and just try to do it. And just try to change the way you've approached the split. Because since, you know, that's how I approached every other split as well. And uh-huh. I, before I had success, but. Yeah. Uh,
1: how, how much value? I know you're saying you're spending more time on it. Uh, how much value do you put on solo queue? Because there's like the Korean mindset, which is like, it's the most important thing in the world, almost. And then there's the NA mindset, which is generally the opposite end of the spectrum, at least on a competitive scale. So like, uh, where do you land on that?
2: Uh, I mean, while I view solo queue as, I still view it the same way, where I feel like solo queue is the lowest way to put in effort as a pro player. Um, Obviously, while I think it's necessary, I think people who just play 24 seven solo queue, it's not super beneficial. Especially in North America, where it's just a lot of uh, random games and bad habits that you do to win the game. Where, for example, when I was playing in Korea, it was actually like competitive games that were pretty like uh, I don't know, like action-packed and like like actually made me think all the time. Whereas in NA, it's like a lot of times I'm just sitting there AFK. Like, what are we doing, guys? So I I do think it's necessary for mechanics, but outside of that, it's not super helpful. I'd rather you know watch VODs or do other stuff, league-related to improve.
0: What, so, okay, so back to the main question, which is what or how much does Weldon's coaching style contribute to the team's success? And I know that obviously you're like, okay, well, he's my coach. I'm going to say Tom. But obviously, there's also the talent of the players. Rune coming in um, undoubtedly has contributed to the success and the communication there's style. Irene. Changes, so, yeah, Irene. So, you know, given all that, you know, how, what areas would you say he helps lead the team?
2: Uh, well, he definitely definitely helps us a lot with our structure, uh, you know, in terms of obviously like scheduling and stuff like that. He just keeps everyone on track, and you know, say we have like a bad game of scrims, he'll try to remind us like, hey guys, make sure, you know, we keep this up so we can have better practice, or say we're scrimming like a bad team where we're just kind of just rolling over them by winning all of our lanes or something, he'll be like, oh, maybe we can practice this. So he, he tries to just think really logical about what we can do in any given situation to improve as a team, so... Gotcha.
0: So it's really, it's sort of like the, the structure, the foundation, all that stuff for which you guys practice with, or how you guys practice.
2: Yeah, pretty much. And I think like, you know, there's a lot of situations where, I can give another example, like where players like, oh, I got cheesed here in a scrim and Weldon would be like, actually, no, like he did this because of this. And he tries to give you like a logical explanation for things rather than just, he, he doesn't really let players make excuses, I'd say. Mm. And he tries to just, yeah, have reasoning for everything. Gotcha.
1: With, with regards to like a uh, pick ban, how influential is the coaching staff? Uh, you know, some teams are more player driven, some are more coaching staff driven. Because it feels like you guys have landed mostly on a style of like um, you know aggressive, more aggressive bot lanes, scaling mid, whatever rune wants to play to get try and get a good matchup top, and then Wiggly's on like tank duty. Um, is that something that you guys have kind of? as players agreed, this is the best way our team works, this is something that kind of came from top down, like, how did that all work out?
2: Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think we have, like, a, like, style we really go for. It's just kind of how it ended up. Um, it's kind of just, like, a mix, you know, players give input, coaches give input. Uh, I think one thing we could do better is probably coaches have a little more input on draft stuff, because I think usually the players get... What they want in uh, most cases but yeah it's definitely it's definitely different from other coaching styles i've had i think other coaching styles was definitely more coaches you're going to play this because this is what's best for the team uh luckily our team has really open-minded players so people are willing to sacrifice and stuff like that
1: <laughs> i was about to say i can't believe Wiggly's
2: like yeah dude give me trundle again you know? actually he's he's a he's a really selfless person but um oh, okay yeah i think i think everyone on our team is pretty open-minded and down to Try other stuff for, you know, the sake of if someone wants to try a new champion where everyone's down for it. Stuff like that. But it's definitely, like, player-driven for uh, what champions we got. Yeah.
0: Well, hey, Rico, uh, hopefully that answers your question. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you this one little window to shout something out if your microphone works.
5: Alright, I hope NA top laner smash.
0: NA top laner smash. Do you mean at Rift Rivals?
5: <laughs> yes, smash Whipple.
0: Smash Bwipo. Ooh. Okay, there we oh, go. Oh,
5: specifically okay. Bwipo. Okay. Gotcha.
0: All right. Well, thanks, Rico.
1: It's <clears> funny <throat> that you cut out there because it also was a fine sentence as it, as yes. as is. Yeah. Just in general, it we want to any smash. top yeah. leaders
0: of Smash. Yeah. It's a good point. All right. On to the next caller uh, we should be grabbing All on. right. Actually, Mark. Wait.
1: I think it was Mark. Mark.
0: I want to take a break. That's what time. I
1: thought. That's why I was waiting. And then
0: yeah. then you're like, next caller. Well, I, I rely like, okay. on you to, to point out the time, you know, as my co-producer. What,
1: what do you do? I get the people. I have to point out the time. I show I up. I book the guests. <laughs> I show up.
0: I book the guests <laughs> and I reschedule whenever you're busy.
1: Hey, I reschedule when you're busy, too.
0: <clears throat> you know what, Mark? I, despite my frustration with you... I'm really looking to this Friday, where we're going to have a live hotline league uh, happening in LA, just clo- nearby the, the Riot Games studios. Uh, and that's all going to be made possible by our sponsor for this episode and all of our, our episodes, Alienware. Alienware, that's right, this weekend, Alienware, if you don't have tickets to Rift Rivals and you want to go, you want to experience the Rift Rivals energy, go to Alienware's Twitter account right now, twitter.com slash Alienware. Uh, right now, as we speak, the tweet is pinned up at the, the top uh, and you'll see they're running the Alienware Outpost. They've brought this to other events in the past, but it will be at Rift Rivals. And so on Friday and Saturday, not on Thursday, but Friday and Saturday, you can go watch the games. From They're going to have a viewing party. They've got a live stream of it, uh, open air patios, drinks, food, uh, alcohol. Uh Pro View screens, Honest, honestly, it's gonna be kind of a better experience than watching at the studio itself. I might try to sneak over to this. But either way, uh that that's happening. So and it's uh, free entry. You have to pay to go to the LCS. I'm noticing a trend here. It's and it's a five minute walk from the LCS arena, so it's pretty awesome. Uh it opens at eleven thirty AM. But the big thing is the big thing is, and by the way, isn't it cool that Alienware's doing this? I mean, they I think You know rift rivals this really fun event same amount of seats as normal but now you've got this viewing party that's taking place nearby so you can still enjoy it uh but the highlight of the alienware outpost if i do say so myself is this friday at 8 p.m pacific we're gonna be doing hotline league live so if you don't live in la or you can't make it out to this uh, or both be sure to tune in it's gonna be on my channel and the alienware channel feel free to watch on this one and uh (laughs) And Mark and myself will be joined by special, guest, uh, to, special guests to be decided. So after you watch all the action on Friday, you can watch Hotline League Live. We'll have an audience. We've done uh, multiple of these so far. Mark and I absolutely love them. It's so fun seeing everybody come out. Some of the pro players drink and then go up on stage and say interesting things. And uh, everyone's excited. Stick say you're invited. Are you going to enter? You're going to be.
2: Yeah, right? Come to Hotline League Live. Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yes. I think I
0: have scrims. It's at 8 p.m. Uh, I
2: have to check my calendar. Actually, sometimes we have third blocks.
0: I can get you on the VIP. This is block. also,
2: you know, to add on to the Weldon's coaching style. Man, there's no off time. All right. Well. Oh yeah. Weldon, tell, actually, looks like well, I'm off.
0: I'll get to, I'll put Weldon on the VIP list, and he can come out too, and he can drink. You guys can <laughs> all have a good time. It's a great way to relax Okay. I gonna, I
2: can I invite my team? Actually, here's. Yeah. Yes, you can invite okay. your team.
0: Just let me know oh, so that good. I can put them on the list. The okay, other thing okay. is, tell Weldon that we'll let him on the show. Because I know Weldon. Oh. And the moment I say, Weldon, you can get in front of this camera, he will cancel scrims and he'll make sure that he comes over. So, uh, yeah. yeah So so, <laughs> so, feel free. Stick say Weldon. All of CLG are maybe probably going to be there. Uh, so be sure to tune in Hotlight Hot Lightly Live uh, 8 p.m. this Friday uh, or come over to the Alienware Outpost. Thanks so much to Alienware for putting this together and making things like this happen. Uh, really appreciate it. Moving on from the break, Mark's going to go grab somebody else. Oh, by the way, you can check out Alienware.com slash Travis and use Travis 10 off if you feel like getting something. All right. Anyway, uh, how are you doing, sticksay
2: I'm doing pretty well. I might actually go check out that website. Yes. What was it? Alienware.com slash Travis?
0: Yeah, well, yes. You Actually, you don't want to check it out, sticksay uh, because you have a competing sponsor.
2: Yeah. No, I'm just uh, oh. seeing how much better ours are. There...
0: Okay, well, now I don't want you to do that because now you're on my show. Let's just move on. Oh, okay. Hello, Bulbasaur for 15 months in a row. Mikey Steves for nine months in a row. Kiwi Mullet Boy for 19 months. And uh, Night Dive for Prime. Oh, I think I already said those, but it's okay. You got a double shout out. How do, How am I supposed to say your name? Uh, It's Dopist. Dopist. Sorry, use weird. For anyone that I nobody can see, you know, the Discord chat right now, but uh, uh, Dopist is, he's got like all these weird... Symbols and stuff that spells out his it, name. He's one of those. It's like a thing in we one of my speak, discords. Dude, well, one of one of the thing one of my
8: discords where we all just tried to spell our names with are the weirdest characters we could find. Uh, I, know,
0: I hear hackers use uh, like weird symbols and stuff all the time I, in their names. I am a software
8: developer, uh, but you're a software a developer. Okay, and yeah. so
0: in your in your free time, you are a hacker. Sure, why not? Okay, yes. Uh, hackers are. Very frustrating. Anyway, uh, what do you want, or where are you calling from? Uh, Boise, Idaho. Boise, Idaho. Yeah. Uh, How are the potatoes?
8: Uh, they're great. We actually have this um, local pizza place uh, called Pie Hole. I don't know if it's actually local. It's probably other ones, but they have like this um, pizza called potato bacon uh, pizza, and it's really good. One of my favorites. Really. We have a Pie
0: Hole in LA, but I don't know if it's the same as the Pie Hole out there. Anyway. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Okay, um, I just want to talk about
8: how I think that LCS will be top two, or possibly the best region next year, due to the competitiveness of what I believe will be the top six teams in the LCS.
0: Sorry, NA will be the top, the best region next year.
8: Uh, It will either be top two or the best region in the world next year. So, are we not already? Did you see MSI uh, pro- pro- Finals? Uh, yeah, and I don't think we're quite there yet. We're on our way.
3: Okay.
1: Right. Stix, are you excited to play in the best region in the world next year? Uh,
2: yeah, I guess so. I, I didn't <laughs> know this was coming, but yeah, let's go. I'm ready. Okay.
0: okay. All right, so why So why is it going to be the, the top two region next year? Okay.
8: Um, so basically... I think that when you look at a lot of different regions around the world, there's uh, the top ones obviously are LCK, LPL, and LEC. And I think that all of the regions um, right now, uh, except maybe LCK, are stronger than LCS. But I think that they're stronger in one particular style. Like with EU, I think that a lot of teams are trying to conform to uh, G2 style and kind of emulate them for the most part. Um, at least the ones that are having success and then when you go to lpl you have a similar thing where i think everyone is trying to replicate what ig did at worlds last year and even for the beginning part of msi where they're really focusing on that aggressive style and and basically just fighting as they always have but they're just refining that and really branching out and then lck is really trying to learn to be aggressive but they're mostly failing it seems with it maybe griffin being an outstand, like an outlier but they're having a tough time maybe like actually buckling down and and refining like how to have like maybe the confidence like when it comes down to uh all the finals that they've been able to get to and end up just choking in the end so i think that uh, all these regions are developing these really um focused styles that they'll all be good at. But I think NA will be strong because I think that, based on what we've been seeing in LCS and where the rosters could go next year, that we'll have a lot of different teams with a lot of different styles all um, being very competitive with each other. And this will allow the three representatives that we send to Worlds or the representative we send to uh, MSI, which will probably be Team Liquid, again, um, be refined in a different way where they'll be able to experience all these different types of teams, and these uh, these different styles will allow them to um, adapt even better to worlds and be used to a lot of different things and hopefully bring a lot of different stuff. Because I don't know if we'll ever be truly competitive on maybe a pure mechanical level, like with some LPL or uh, teams or G2, but as we saw in like the wins that uh, TL was able to get against like G2, I think that we're definitely maybe like more um they're, they're at least like more structured and and focused um and in the future like as they keep growing and as other teams like tsm or clg or other ones that maybe get to go to worlds in the future immortals that are coming in yeah um they'll all be really strong teams
0: okay uh, so mark how much you buy in this narrative mm-hmm.
1: I am sending. I'm closing the door in the evangelical's face. I'm saying as he's as he's trying to tell me about our Lord and Savior. Na, just thanks. Not Yikes. buying. It's. I I think Na has been doing great. I love the uptick in our performance. Uh, I still think China's better. I think Europe's better. You know, if you're telling me we're the third best region in the world, I'll take that from fourth slash fifth, which we kind of were the last two years when we were fighting Flash Wolves. You know, that's still a great improvement, but we don't need to oversell, you know, what we are. Uh, And so, I I mean, I agree on some level about LCK seems a little lost. They do have teams that try to play aggressive. Like, I don't think it's just Griffin. Uh, Sandbox seems to play pretty aggressively as well with most of their drafts. Um, So I think they have multiple teams that do it, but they haven't reached the international stage yet, so we keep seeing the same Korean teams outside maybe... You know, Kingzone. Am I thinking the right team, Kingzone? Yeah, I uh, think so. Yeah. Uh, but like, that's like it, until we see their actual really aggressive teams make the world stage. I think it is fair to kind of say like the teams that we have been seeing have not adapted super well. But like, if we're gonna be honest, I thought SKT put up a better fight.
8: A- SKT is also
0: like one and six right now, though, right? Uh, Mark, did we lose Mark? Oop. All the rest of us are here. Okay. Uh, I, oh, Mark, welcome back. Like I don't know what hit. the fuck just happened. You're internet I, hooked up. It's the internet know. service in our area apparently just picks up. Thanks. So you were saying... Uh, you were saying I was SKT, saying though. that
1: Korea is not that far behind us in general. I, I'm eager to see what happens when their actually aggressive teams make it to international competition because they could leapfrog back over us. Either way, I don't think we're going to develop like a million styles. Like TL is different than C9, but TSM was pretty similar to C9 spring, so I don't know. I, I'm not buying that just by having more styles, we're suddenly going
2: to be better than all these other regions.
0: Yeah. Saying.
2: Uh, I didn't know people discredited LCK so much nowadays. Like, I know that they definitely, you know, aren't viewed as highly as before, but I still think they're a really good region. Uh, but yeah, I definitely, I'm on the same wavelength with Mark. i think that's really unlikely that uh, NA is going to be the best region. I think we need a, a few more years.
1: Yeah, I... Do you think it's fair for people to discredit uh, Korea? Because the argument for it is that they haven't made a finals at any international competition, and they've been outplaced by Korea, NA, and EU for the past two international events.
2: Yeah, I mean, when you look at it statistically, it makes sense, but I think when you're like giving it the eye test, I think Korea almost always looks pretty good. Um, like Mark said, like in the G2 semifinals versus SKT. SKT definitely put up a really close fight. It went to game five. And they kind of threw on like this one uh, Baron call, I think. They were behind before, but you know, but it was definitely closer than TL was. Uh, But yeah, I think just by the eye test, Korea always looks pretty good.
0: Yeah, I. Okay. One, I do think that North America has been getting better, and we've shown that. I think the scary thing is. Uh, it would be we jumping the gun a little bit to be like, well, we would do it great. And now it's going to all come home because as much as you can sort of theorize about the top teams in North America looking good, we don't know what's going to happen uh, across the rest of the world. And honestly, G2 looks scary as hell. Uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I can't, it's hard for me to imagine a world where LPL falls behind. I feel like it's crazy that LCK has. And so also betting against LPL is uh, is maybe... Spooky, but is there a world where top four at Worlds could be like an LCK team, an NA team, an EU team, and an LPL team this year? I think that's possible. I think that's possible. It might be CLG.
8: Maybe as like a, a small retort to that, I was like thinking about um, how like what we've seen from the different regions and maybe expanding on how I came to maybe this conclusion. And and granted, maybe we're not like the best. Uh, like I said, it could be maybe second best. But I think like in terms of EU, this isn't necessarily as true because we've been seeing Fnatic pop off. But um, for a while, like G2 was, it was like it was like EU and then there was like G2. And it looks like Fnatic's trying to um, adapt and, and do that style. So maybe that won't be the same. And maybe EU will maybe be the best region next year. But it seems like um, outside of IG, LPL's been kind of uh, choking in terms of their other teams when it comes to international competition falling apart because of their maybe aggressive style where they don't think as much about the meta stuff. And and maybe you're right about LCK. We haven't seen them in a bit, but um, I think like we I think at least like NA in terms of their really top teams, like TL for sure is like as good, if not better, than a majority of what at least I've seen watching all of LCK this split so far, and yeah. and I'm also making the assumption that maybe like some teams like Immortals coming in, uh, if they get like a good top laner, um, to replace Dokla um, then I think like that team could definitely be probably one of the top three that could go to Worlds with with Crown and and do some good stuff alongside you know Core JJ bringing that brain with. The mechanical prowess of a lot of TL players, maybe C9 or TSM. I don't know.
3: Yeah,
0: I mean maybe, maybe we'll see. Uh, and if and if it goes well, then obviously you have this clip to prove it. Anything you want to say before we uh, move on to the next caller, Dopest?
8: Uh, no. Uh, shout out to my boys, uh, Casey and Brian, if they ever watch this. Um, shout out to, to Boise. It's a great place to live. It's cool here. BSU's a great school. Well, thank That's you about for it. Calling in.
3: Have a good day, okay, guys. Yeah. See
0: you. Peace. All right. Uh, we got about four more callers to go in the second half of the show here. I uh, want to continue to give some shout outs uh, Fernx19, Tinbuster, Liari, The Greyclaw, Nanuko uh, for 10 months, Scanner, Rebelcom, MJ for two months, Quiet Pirate for 11, Ferks, uh who sent 500 bits, and MacDaddy with the $2. Uh, thank you so much uh mercs is here mercs where are you calling from
7: uh, i'm calling from nelson new zealand from new zealand yeah
0: that's awesome uh what what do you want to talk about in the show tonight
7: uh so with the changes to crypt based marksman um i think that we'll be seeing a lot of level one but we'll see more level one lane swapping coming back into the meta because teams are wanting to be play more aggressive and get to their late game quicker
0: Interesting. Okay, so this is outside of my wheelhouse. I think it's going to be a sticksay topic. Stixay, what do you think?
2: Uh, what, what are the changes? I don't know either. Do uh, you have them in front of you? I'm or just... Part, you know?
7: um, I don't have the patch notes up, but the previous changes before the season begun when the crit started to come back in.
1: Well, so crit wasn't actually buffed. I mean, there was the Essence Reaver Reverb, but I think that was a little while oh, ago. What yeah. happened was uh, uh, Ginsu's was nerfed. And so things like Kaisa and Varus and stuff just kind of got weaker. And uh, there was also Yumi being introduced. And people were already kind of playing Sonoteric. And so I think uh, the, the Bali meta just kind of evolved with those nerfs to start favoring things like Zion and Sivir more and more. Yeah. As well as uh, Rakan got a buff and s- some small stuff all kind of. Crit crit marksmen are significantly stronger, and I don't know if there's any plans to buff them in the short term. Uh, I know like Caitlyn got a really small buff just now, but she was already getting played, so I don't know. Sixty is anyone lane swapping in scrims?
2: Or is uh, a leak? No, definitely not leaking anything. I think it's really unlikely that lane swaps will come back anytime soon. Uh, I think the pace of the game is too fast right now, and relies a lot. Actually, I guess in NA it's a little different since a lot of games go to like 40 minutes lately. But uh, it's just TSM. Well, actually, the the uh, average game time has gone up like every every week of LCS. It goes up and up and up. Uh, maybe that's because the teams get better. But I just think uh, you know whoever goes top in the lane swap scenario is going to have a turret that's harder to take down. And I feel like the the team that's taking the bottom tower will take it way faster and just have a lot more gold to use, which allows them to snowball easier. So I think it's, it's like really unlikely that lane swaps are going to happen
1: anytime couldn't also, like, I mean, with how turret plating works, it's basically impossible to four-man push a, a turret down through the first wave of minions. Uh, but you can grab three turret plates, so it seems like even if someone did swap on you, you would just grab the turret plates, back off, do it again, and push before they could ever take your top one. So then you would just go top and
2: lane. Yeah, I feel like you just can do anything before they take the top tower. You could probably just... I, I don't know. Probably take mid plates, bot plates before they even take the top tower. Oh, does mid not have uh, the fortification on it? No, it does. And you know, it's just I'm saying that's how oh, long yeah, top yeah. would take. It's just so yeah. slow. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I don't think lane swaps are going to be coming back anytime soon. Uh, I think the kind of funneling stuff is is the weirdest shit you're going to see because I, I heard teams were practicing funnel a little bit in scrims.
7: Yeah. I was just thinking because Elise is coming back into the... Well, it seems to be coming back into the meta with her buffs. As well as the zoning CC supports. Not so much the tank supports being there so much. And with the nerfs to Ginsu's, we'd see like Callista, Kaelin, Trist coming back into the meta more.
1: Yeah, I think it's just you lose too much even if you are getting a crit marksman to their items faster.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I'd agree. It's too hard.
0: Hey, Mercs, thanks so much for calling in. Anything you want to say? Uh, any shout-outs from New Zealand?
7: Uh, hopefully, I get to see more of Lost, Lost? and FBI.
0: Yeah. Well, I like Apollo a lot, too. I like Lost, but I understand why you'd be rooting for him. That would be nice. Uh, Mercs, thank you for being a Twitch sub, by the way. I really appreciate it.
7: No worries. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Yeah,
0: have a good rest of your day.
7: You too.
3: Yeah. All right.
0: Um, about three more callers to go. Uh, let's see. We got Divide NZL for 15 months. He says Optic Top 4. That's the prediction. And then Dalta has sent a Prime Sub. Thank you so much.
1: All right. This guy, I didn't pull. What? Travis pulled. I,
0: didn't, I don't remember pulling anyone.
9: Okay. Well, here we go.
0: Sergeant Muffin Hammer, where are you calling from?
9: I'm calling from College Park, Maryland.
0: College Park, Maryland. You seem like such a nice guy. I don't know why Mark has a beef with you. That's kind of weird. Uh, thank you for well, being... Bringing- Thank you for being a Twitch sub. Uh, what do you uh, want What do you want to talk about on the show?
9: Well, I wanted to talk about how if it wasn't for specifically you during the Yahoo Esports era and other, like, interviewers at the time, I probably would not have been able to stay interested in LCS. And also, I think that if you were to ever leave the LCS scene, that a large portion of its viewership would drop.
0: Wow. wow. Mark, are you sure you didn't pull this? Because I don't remember pulling this. Yeah, I, uh,
1: you know, if it, the, the quote was in, in the, the subtopics, if it weren't for Travis and other interviewers, the professional <laughs> leasing would have died years ago. And if Travis ever left the LCS, it would have drastically less viewers. 6A, I... do you agree with that?
2: Yeah, definitely. Travis is the best uh, content producer in eSports.
0: <clears throat> well, I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I feel uncomfortable uh, handling this call um so well maybe sergeant muffin you can exp- you, have- you can expand or ex- explain a little bit and then i'll let mark moderate it
9: uh okay to be fair the way i said it when i was putting the topic out there i tried to make it more extreme so i get pulled yeah of in. course but so i started watching back in season five and not to like flame anybody that was on there i didn't necessarily think the like actual casting or, like, the desk was nearly as good as some of the other content that was available on, like, YouTube or other websites. And so I, I just started playing back then. I'd been playing for probably about three or four months when I started actually watching LCS. So I really could not actually keep up with what was going on in the games. And, like, I don't know, watching things like League Weekly and all that kind of stuff just helped me to understand it. Did and you ever- I think that's probably the case with a lot of
1: did you ever watch a show called, uh, The Blame Game?
9: Yes, I did. I thought it was good. I wish you'd put out more of them.
1: Huh. Alright, yeah. Without Travis, we would lose roughly a hundred- or 851 Twitch viewers. It would be a catastrophic loss hey, if Travis were to leave us. My <laughs>
0: interviews get viewed by a shit ton of people. Thank you very much. Actually, we, we could compare some of my content to some of the stuff that's on the Lol Esports YouTube channel, and we'll see how well it's doing. You know, like some. Of right, I'm going,
1: I'm going to the dive. You...
0: <laughs> we we don't have to go to the dive, all right? I Why not the dive?
1: It's that's it's the, the first... best comparison. They're both podcasts, technically. Uh, look,
0: okay, sober history with dash 13k views. All right.
1: Uh, it is up eight hours ago. The YouTube channel is now a freak uh, show
0: 46k <laughs> views. Golden Guardians on the rice 29k views. All right. You go to my channel, the interviews last week did kind of poorly, but you got shit like 100,000 views, all right? Look at that double lift interview from the start of the split, all right? That shit's sitting at 130k, all right? My channel, and, and by the way, I just want to point out, the LOL Esports channel, 3 million subs. The Travis Gafford channel, like 175. So I, I'm, I'm batting way above my weight on this shit, you know?
1: No, no. No, all well, eSports is batting way below because the channel it has literally everything on there.
3: <clears throat>
1: okay? This or that, 140k.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't really... This or that is just kind of... This or that is not really good programming, so...
1: I hate I'll near. tell you what's not good programming. Between two Iverns. I think we can agree on that. Yeah.
9: That was, That was something.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, Stick say, do you want to chime in on any of this stuff?
2: <laughs> um, no, I think I'm. I think I'm good. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, Sergeant <laughs> Muffinhammer, I want to thank you so much for calling on the show. It was a really great take. I would have. Uh, I I appreciate Mark pulling it. Uh, is there anything you want to say before we say goodbye?
9: Uh, I just want to shout out the University of Maryland League of Legends team, and I hope that they finally make it back to the actual tournament again next year.
0: Nice. Well, hey, thanks so much for calling in.
9: Yeah. Thanks. Anytime
0: everyone. Yes. And we'll have you back on the show again in the future. Many times. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Move it on to the next caller. I was going to read some subs, but, um, there aren't any. So I guess we'll just sit here. Oh, Ham is here. Ham, where are you calling from?
10: I'm calling from Menlo park, California.
0: Menlo park.
10: Yes,
0: that's not too far from here. Right.
10: Uh, well, it's in, it's in NorCal, so it's near San Francisco.
0: (laughs) Oh, for some reason, there's another thing that sounds kind of like Menlo park that's in, uh, (coughs) like the LA San Diego area. All right. Well, anyway, thank you for calling in as another Californian. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight?
10: Sure. Uh, my very controversial hot take is that CLG in their play style is very predictable. And uh, that's uh, abusable by uh, enemy teams.
0: Why are they now. predictable?
10: So, okay, full disclosure, this is, like, this was a bit dated because the last time I, like, did an intense look at this, it was the first week of June. And the playstyle has changed a little bit. But I was just watching another game from last weekend, and I noticed some, I mean, let me pull up my notes for this segment here. Um,
1: another, another notes...
10: Yeah, like, so I, I actually know. do these. I make these scouting reports for a certain LCS team, and I give it to them every week. Um, do they pay you for so They don't pay me. I'm oh, okay,
0: volunteer. okay. <laughs> feel free. I feel like if you're getting paid, then uh, you should keep this secret. But if a team no, is uh, absolutely not. Yeah. So okay.
10: This is I'm a volunteer,
0: um,
10: but but no, anyways. So there's some, of course, like these are not like hard rules. Like and it, you can totally like say like, oh, this is like bullshit. You
0: know. Okay, but just hit hit us with them.
10: All right, so the first thing is, Ruin, whenever he's trying to set up a gank, he generally speaking tries to pull the wave to the tower. Um, lane matchup dependent, you know, sometimes he doesn't do that, like sometimes he pushes instead. But generally speaking, when Wiggly's coming top for a gank, uh, Ruin pulls the wave. And it's actually the opposite on the bot side. Uh, when they're trying to set up a play, bot side either a dive or some kind of fight, uh, Sixteen and Biofrost, Biofrost tend to push the wave and they pull the wave when the jungler is on the other side. So from just watching, like, if you just watch Fog, if you're the enemy team, it'd be really easy to kind of identify where, like, the jungler is and what they're kind of, like, if you're looking ahead, like, 20 seconds, what they're going to try and do. So that's my, that's my hot take.
0: Hmm. Exposed, 6A.
2: Damn, they got me. <laughs> oh. Now you can fix your problems. God. God. Yeah, yeah, well...
0: I'd like to move... I, I don't know, if I had stock in CLG right now in the LCS stock market, I would sell, 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 because Hotline League just out of... The ONA is coming. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, go ahead, stick,
2: stick. Well, I, in my opinion, I think that those things are due to the nature of how the lanes work. Top lane is more isolated, whereas bot lane, there's two people, and you're typically looking to dive when you're pushing like that. Um... And I do think that most teams will play like this. Uh, I don't think this is like CLG specific. I think this is just like League of Legends specific. Uh,
1: do you think you've noticed uh, other people playing like that, or uh, like when you're in game, do you notice this as well, or do you think this is just kind of like so generic that you don't actually see like, oh, bot lane is pushing, jungler's probably down here, top lane, you're probably fine, or or is it? Not
2: register. Uh, it's it's definitely just. I mean, that's I don't know. In my head, that's just how league is. Like I can usually tell based off of the wave where the enemy jungler is. Um, obviously, there's going to be like cheese routes or like ways that they can get behind you or something like that. But for the most part, it's just basic, basic league and most pro teams are going to know where the jungler is in most cases, anyways. So.
10: Yeah. Yeah. No. So granted, some like there's a certain level. Of course, it's like forehead. Uh, here the jungler is top, blah blah blah. But I've noticed this in multiple iterations that there seems to be very specific timings where like Ruin is specifically, you know, like he's like he's calling for a gank or something like that, and then he sets it up in a very specific way where he slowly pulls the wave to the tower. And I mean it's just small instances like this, kind of like if you don't know it before. I feel like these are valuable tidbits of information. You
0: know? Do you do you so, feel like teams other teams don't do this type of stuff,
10: Ham? Yeah. So every I've watched like maybe like five teams or so like really intensely and granted every team kind of i mean there's some general like sticks it was saying like waste like just this is how you just play the game right uh but other teams do uh different things you know when they're trying to set up like every player has different patterns you know i don't i can't remember any specific top liners off the top of my head but some top laners, for example they prefer to push and then dive and then instead of pulling and then trying to set up a fight in the middle of the wave or the mm-hmm. middle of the lane uh, and there's like different points in the lane where they like to like, they like to keep the wave if they're trying to do a play or something like that, but again, these are very, I guess these are very generic kind of trends I noticed. But.
1: Yeah, I think the thing that would, I would be curious about would be like, is this noticeable in specific situations? Because general is, is hard to say, because it could be like, well, he does it in lanes where he can't always push, and so he doesn't feel confident in being able to go forward maybe it's when he doesn't have a uh, forward vision already that he doesn't want to try and push and set up a gank when he doesn't have vision established or something like these are the kinds of things that i would wonder about because pulling when in an obvious like like 60 was saying it might be obvious that like your jungler's top when you pull the wave and if it's obvious it's still technically effective because he knows that your jungler's up there and he's can't really approach that wave and so you're zoning him off potentially xp and farm even if it is telegraphed because now your jungler doesn't even need to go up there and you're kind of getting something out of it
10: yeah so i mean in, in continuing this vein is like is predictability or kind of unpredictability is that something that you guys as a pro team like focus on practicing you know like being like oh like we have specific strategies that, I mean, that like, and every week you try and change it up to keep ahead of the curve or keep other teams off their, you know, off their understanding of how you operate as a team?
2: Uh, Well, I definitely think we're one of the more uh, standard teams in the league. So, you know, us maybe compared to, I don't know, who's like the biggest wildcard team in, in LCS? Clutch
1: probably, right? Yeah, now. I was thinking, I was thinking
2: Clutch, but I guess maybe Clutch would do things that aren't as similar as us because they just play a lot differently. But in terms of us, I feel like it's we're we're pretty standard similar to like T S M, they're very standard as well. And it's one of the situations where it's like, hey yeah, we're pulling the wave, but you know what what what's the downside of this? What what can they really get by knowing their junglers here? Stuff like that. I don't yeah, think it's I mean, super it, abusable.
1: That that's why there is often like a standard and predictable way to play, is cause it usually it will generally field the best results. Like I know when I see teams play Pike and they play standard, I get mad because it's like you you need to do weird shit and force skirmishes and all this stuff with Pike. But if you're playing Aatrox top and you pull the wave, like fuck yeah, that's great. Now the guy's not going to approach the wave because you don't actually need to kill him to use the pick effectively. You can just get leads on Aatrox or something. So I think it is pretty pretty matchup specific. If that
2: is a problem, or if it is like it's still a good play. I was gonna say a lot of it's matchup specific as well. You know, there's gonna be situations where you're pulling because you can't dive, and there's gonna be situations where you're pushing because you can't dive. It's just very specific to the game, and it's hard to put uh, everything on like a same general uh, rule set, I
10: guess, for league. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, the the matchup is totally like impactful. But I'm saying even in regardless of what the lanes are or where in position uh, when people start, or when the laners get to lane, like this is a trend that I've noticed specifically, you know, just with with CLG. So, like across multiple games. So.
2: Maybe it's uh, correlated with our champion picks. Yeah, like I has has a
1: uh, rune played Jace at all? Uh, no, uh, I don't no. think so. Right, like Jace is a champion where I would say if he's pulling the wave for ganks, that might not be right because Jace kind of wants to destroy lanes and usually like you know what six is saying about sometimes you want to dive sometimes you want to freeze like jace to me is a champion that will want to dive more often and so if he's never pushing and diving with jace and you've seen it in three or four games maybe that would be like a hey i don't think he's playing jace correctly kind of kind of discussion but but generally it's,
10: it's hard to, to identify
0: hey uh, ham thank you so much for calling in is there anything you want to say at the end of the call
10: oh yeah um i'd like to make a shout out to travisgafford.com forward slash lewd. Uh, oh, go thank you. Out. Yes. I wish you could check out that link. I
0: appreciate that. Uh, look, it, please it is a link. You go to TravisGaffer.com slash lewd. I would not, if you are at work right now, I would not suggest you do it. It is not safe work. And if you are under the age of 18, please don't go to that link. Yes. Uh, Only responsible if, adults go yes. to this link. Yep. Uh, thank you so much, Ham, for the call.
10: Thanks. Thanks for having
0: me. Have a good one.
1: I think it's kind of funny that Twitch chat is, like, flaming him for being too general, and yet it still leads to what is probably the most detailed in-game thing we've talked about this tonight.
0: Well, and also Twitch chat flaming anyone for thinking that they're making a general statement about a play or generalizing or whatever is just kind of funny because, you know, Twitch chat is aren't uh you're the smartest group.
2: It's, uh, I mean, it's impressive that you, you like, notice that, you know? Yeah. Off of a team doing a specific thing every time, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Hey uh, We got another caller coming in in just a second, but really quickly Thank you to teak rqnwr for eight months slogmo Darfin for the prime and tuna my salad for the prime uh, Fantastic stuff apoc 37 apoc. What do you want to talk about on the show?
11: uh yeah uh first i'm really grateful for this opportunity it's actually my first time watching the show live so this is awesome well, oh, thank remind
0: you remind me where you're calling from sorry
11: oh no problem i'm calling from rexburg idaho
0: rexburg idaho our second idaho caller i believe in the evening and, yeah. yeah thanks for thanks for coming on i'm happy that you're able to watch it live and come on on the first it's a lucky evening for you um what do you want to talk about
11: Yeah, uh, I just wanted to say that I really believe that Team Liquid is going to have a hard time at Rift Rivals. I think they're going to choke. I hope they do well, but I really do think they'll choke. And that will tilt them um, for the following uh, matches in the LCS split and possibly drop down to the uh, top four instead of first place.
1: Uh, You're saying they're and the season, like regular season? at bottom of top four, or they'll also buster out in playoffs?
11: Yeah, so in the regular season, I think they'll just hit top four and they'll lose that buy uh, that they have successfully obtained in the last um, few splits, right? But I think that's the case because, for one, double lift is just uh, extremely inconsistent internationally, but also Team Liquid, like the bot lane especially, it just isn't playing as well as they did in the past. Uh, I think they're in some sort of slump, which is hard to tell because overall they're doing well right now, but I think it's not going to hack it at Rift Rivals and they're and they're just going to choke. Uh, plus, I think the LEC teams are more likely preparing to play Team Liquid more so than they are for C9 or TSM. So they're just going to have a harder time.
0: Well, I'm not allowed to talk about this because it's a double if topic. Um... I'm banned That's
1: from that. That's never stopped you before actually, so.
0: All right, great. What are you talking about? Peter had a great uh performance at MSI up until the finals when the whole team shit uh the bed. And last year at Worlds he did really well. I don't think that Doublelift has issues anymore uh, at international events. I think he's playing great. He's a fantastic person. Um, and uh you know very comfortable to lay next to in bed. Mark? <laughs>
1: uh I don't think the teams care enough about Rift Rivals to get tilted at it from a bad performance. I don't th- quite like it can happen with MSI. Like, who knows exactly what happened is happening with SKT right now to make them one of the worst teams in Korea, because I don't think they should be. They're performing like it right now, and maybe some of that is MSI hangover. I don't really think there's going to be any big Rift Rivals hangover, uh, and so they should be fine.
11: Well, don't you think that this r- Rift Rivals is... A bit different being that these are you know the two regions that made it to the finals at msi either it's going to be much more competitive and more heated than the past
1: yeah i mean i don't think this is hundred thieves limp-dicking it out there with their random substitutions and then not caring <laughs> but i also think that you know teams are not prepping it's not like a tournament you prep for like when you go to msi you have like weeks that you're boot camping with these other teams whereas like this is in the middle of the split e use jet lag there's a million reasons that like people aren't super like try hard about it and if you do get slapped around really badly maybe it impacts it but it, it's not quite like oh my god we have to reevaluate our team completely cuz we went to MSI and didn't hit our expectations or something 6a if you were at MSI
2: and you got slapped would you care <laughs> you
0: mean
1: at
2: MSI oh, yeah, I've seen Rift, Rift, Rift rivals Uh, I mean, I'd obviously care to an extent. I think that it's important to try to do well in whatever tournament you're in, but I've also got the vibe that I think teams don't put as much emphasis on it. Um, Obviously, it's not like MSI or anything like that. But I I just want to ask, who do you think is going to be better than
11: Teal after Rift Rivals when they collapse? Um, You know, I know TSM has been looking great right now, Uh, But I think either TSM or C9 would really just take that spot. They would probably take the the buys. um, Do you own any team merch? (laughs) Do I own any team 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 merch? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, yes, I am a TSM fan, but I am (laughs) a little biased. I think
0: TL's going to shit the bed. Uh, They're going to be the laughing stock of Rift Rivals. Uh, they're gonna go out, and I think TSM is gonna head in. Um, I, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I look. I one. I appreciate the topic. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I just think it's funny.
11: Oh, I understand. I understand. Yeah, yeah. We're just teasing. Hey, to be to be
1: fair, if they do finally pick a jungler and just stick with them, maybe they'll be able to get back to what they were last year. I agree. Else.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, uh, Stixi, do you think one? Actually, I'm kind of curious. Stixay, do you think that? lift has been less consistent or their bot lane has been weaker this split?
2: Uh, I don't think so. I think in the one game that we played them, our matchup was pretty skewed to where we were just able to win really easily. And uh, in terms of watching their games, I still think they're really good. Uh, I think there's a few games where, you know, like they had some team fires, but outside of that, it's like, still think TL is TL. I think they're really good. And yeah. I would be really, really surprised if they... Maybe, maybe they don't do well at Rift Rivals. I still think they'll do at Rift Rivals, by the way. But maybe they don't do well there. But I think it's really unlikely that they come back to LCS and start doing poorly.
0: Uh, do you for, for APOC's sake, do you think TSM is going to bounce back and we'll head <laughs> off to Worlds?
2: Um, I mean, it's possible. I think they have a pretty odd jungle situation right now. I don't know what that whole thing is about. Mm. But um, yeah, maybe if they pick a jungler and stick with it. I think they are a really good team last year. But I do think they're playing a lot, a lot
0: worse this split. So, yeah. well, hey, Apoc, thanks so much for calling in, and it's really exciting to have you on the the show. I'm glad you were able to watch it live tonight. Uh, anything that you want to shout out before we say goodbye?
11: Uh, no, I just again very grateful for you guys. Love you all, and uh, I'll keep watching the show. Keep creating good content.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Have a good one. Moving on to uh, oh wow, Mark Mark filled us up. We had a an Empty waiting room. I thought we were gonna be done and then early and then he, he pulled three more people. So we got more content coming Toxfire, thank I think he's the four months and I believe I said tuna my salad, but if not, and then I am Tex with uh, two dollars says thanks for all the content Travis quick question I haven't seen or heard from hotshot GG in a long time uh, We don't we don't take questions via donations, but I, I don't know what hotshot's up to divide NZL is here divide uh, Where are you calling from?
8: Uh, Queenstown, New Zealand
0: from New Zealand, our second New Zealand caller. But you've been on the show before.
8: Uh, a couple of times. Yeah.
0: Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight?
8: Sweet. I want to talk about how Riot needs to implement the mana lock to stop Aurelian soul comps just being so strong and buff Knight's late game. I also reckon defense items are just too weak right now. And RNG item is annoying. So don't they already have a mana lock, though. But I think, didn't he say it's like... One second or something. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, it, so it's already implemented. But you are you? Do you think that Aurelian Soul, for instance, should have a longer, mana lock?
6: I, I feel like his old is way too strong. It's way too much. Well, no doubt,
0: no doubt. I can't imagine that there aren't Aurelian Soul nerfs incoming. But... They already
8: got nerfed today.
0: Oh, did but he get nerfed today? How bad was the nerf? It's
1: still just 50 damage well, just... and a longer mana cost. Okay.
8: It, it, they're pretty significant given the mana cost thing. It's, what, 25 extra mana? Like, Gwensos is just so strong. Yeah, it's 20 extra mana. Well, all right, that's listen. part of the
0: thing. is like Even if they nerf the damage a little bit and the mana, the, like all you need to do is get a little luckier with the items to compensate for it, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, here's what I'll say. I'm taking this call. I'm going to lay the smack down. We'll move on because I don't want to keep a waiting here. ASOL is too strong for... TFT, but the problem isn't Asol. The problem is TFT. They don't have any Naga bonus. They don't have anything like Disruptor. They have no way to counter mages.
0: Well, uh, except if for you the, get a... the item. Right, the, but that the... only if
1: you put on one unit. Yeah, yeah. I, I can make a build that I still have another physical threat. Like I can make the Sorcerer Wild build and have Shivana, Nar, and Nidalee who all do decent physical damage too. Okay, the problem is not just Asol. The problem is the entire game. They need a Naga bonus or something that you can reactively do, because you can't choose those items out of nowhere, right, Travis? You have to right. no, pick this them is beforehand. Random. Yes. You have to get them beforehand through predicting that someone's going to go A-Soul, which people generally do. It's not like a hard prediction, but it's not like, ah, this guy is the A-Soul player. Now I must make a decision. It's too late by then, which is not what makes auto chess games fun. Uh, secondly, fucking knights are strong late game. I don't know how people don't think knights are strong. Knights are super strong late game. Yeah. They, have a, they have a ton of 6 synergies. They have really strong ultimates on two of their late game units. They're, they're hella strong. I refuse. Anytime people tell me knights are weak, I'm like, are you 6 knight or are you 4 knight? What are you divide? Are you, not, are you 4 knight or 6 knight? Do you think like,
6: because what is it? 80 damage on basic attacks?
1: Do you know how many units are, there are on the board late game? There's 8. That's 640 DPS drop from that bonus on auto attacks.
0: It's super high. Not to mention they have a lot of, like, you, the knights inherently have a lot of abilities, like Sejuani or whatever, um, that do kind of like a crowd control effect, right? So, like, if you're getting knights, oftentimes you're also going to be getting more disruption for the damage that they're putting out.
1: You have to still pair it with something, right? Like, knights by themselves are not your entire card. Right, but you can go, like-, like,
0: knights glacial, for instance.
1: Knight's that's Glacial, Ranger, Ranger Knight's hella strong, uh, cause you'll end up with two invulnerabilities, you'll have Phantom, you'll have Ash with Glacial bonus, plus some more CC, like, and then you can, sp- like, that's only eight, so you can sprinkle in fucking Draven for your Imperial, like, you can do so much stuff with Knights. It, it has the smoothest build path of anything in the game, probably. Uh, it's strong early, it's fine mid, and it's strong late. Knights are fine. They don't need a buff. If they get buffed, they're gonna be broken.
0: Hey, Mark, I'm not saying you... they're the
1: best comp in the game, because Glacials you... will beat them, Sorcerers <clears throat> will beat them, other things can beat them, but I swear to God, if they buff Knights, they're gonna be broken.
0: Mark, what do you think of <clears throat> Assassins as a counter to Asol?
1: Shit. Because they can position Asol and you'll never hit him. Okay. You can still beat it if you, like, the thing about comps in auto chess type games is like, any comp can beat any comp if you get far enough ahead with your comp and you high roll. So like. I want a game with assassins going double IE on things and just like popping the shit out of people uh, But that doesn't mean I'm always gonna win with ass- like I still think a well-crafted Sorcerer
0: comp should beat it. Six a, what's your take?
2: <laughs> uh, you can get back to me in about 22 hours. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you know
0: All right, uh, divide NZL does that address your take? Uh, pretty
8: much. I just knew Mike was kept posting on about TFT and whatnot, so yeah, I'm a huge t- TFT. I, I love talking
1: about it.
0: You know, I like talking about it, too. I what
8: like talking
1: you, about it, um... too. And
0: I feel like there's a chance, even though I'm an idiot when it comes to League of Legends game analysis, I feel like there's a chance I could figure, wrap my head around the TFT meta.
1: Just just wait till the rank comes out and you realize you're bronze in this shit, too.
0: Let's move on. Divide you... NZL, is there anything <laughs> you want to say at the end of the call?
8: Uh, not nah, cheers for bringing me on. See you later, boys.
0: Thanks for calling in. See ya. Right. Moving on to the next two callers. Uh, the final two callers here. Abusive Pie, thank you for the 13 months. Very generous of you. Mars is here. Mars, where are you calling from?
12: Hello. I am calling from. Oh, let me mute. What? I'm calling from, uh, from Edmonton, Canada.
0: From Canada? Yeah. Evington, Canada?
12: Yeah, it's in Alberta.
0: Okay, I need to Google Alberta. Is that one of, like, the middle provinces?
12: Kinda. So, I know you know where Vancouver is. So, yes. you go one over. Oh, okay, okay.
0: One. yes. Yeah, yeah. I do know where yeah. Vancouver is. I only know, like, yeah. Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver, which I think most Americans, well, they barely know about Canada. But the smart ones only know those three.
12: Anyway. I feel like, yeah, as a, as a Canadian, those are pretty much the three you kind of need to know.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's the Northwest Territories, by the way. Very... I didn't... What do you want to talk about on the show tonight?
12: Um, so my take has been kind of something that I've been wanting to talk about for a really long time. I feel like I'm one of the only people who's thinking about this for some weird reason. But I think Baron is way too overpowered. Uh, Baron is and overpowered?
0: Really... Oh, you... sorry, yeah, like
12: just a buff. And that... I'm not really sure how, like, what the direction Riot wants to go with it. Is it supposed to be to just end the game purely? Or well, in,
0: in part, right? Because I know that that was part of their goal as they were trying to shorten game times. And they certainly have. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we... the What was it? The TSM game? What, what game was it that went the longest of the split so far, Mark? Uh,
1: TSM and... Was it 100 Thieves? Golden Guardians. Optic. Golden, Golden Guardians. Golden Guardians, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. How long uh, was that, that game? Because of it. Yeah,
0: that's right. So I mean the fact that that was a 50 minute game And it was like 10 minutes longer Almost 10 minutes longer than like the longest game That we've seen so far uh, it really should I, I remember whenever it was not unusual to see 55 minute games in the LCS um, At least once a week Or every other week So I think that's a lot of it right Is that they were trying to shorten game times And that's why Baron's so powerful right now But, but look I don't want to talk about it. If it's too powerful I'll let Mark and, and say Discuss that but I don't know What do you guys think?
2: Uh, okay. I like it personally. I think it's at a good spot. I think in the Golden Guardians or CSM game, if you look at the carries, it's like a and Sivir, and then Azir and Caitlyn. So the game just gets stalled out too long. I think if Baron was any weaker, it would be stalled even longer. Uh, I think the only time when Baron is pretty, pretty strong is when you have like a poke type comp. Uh, for example, like champions like Ezreal and Zoe, stuff like that, is really like worthless when you're playing against a team that has Baron but I think that's just usually due to early mistakes in the game. Uh, but I think Baron's had a pretty good strength. I like it. I don't want games to go any much longer than they are already.
0: What do you dislike about Baron being so strong right now, Mars? Do you just Are you frustrated whenever you see somebody get Baron and it feels like that's the game?
12: Yeah, exactly that. I feel like the game is, I don't want to say meaningless post-18 minutes, but I feel like games are sometimes almost decided already at that point, and then it just goes into a Baron dance. And it goes into whether or not the one team will capitalize on that first baron, and I feel like there's no comeback potential after that first baron. So the game will guaranteed end at 45 minutes. Come second baron within three minutes of taking the baron.
0: What What was and the game I, this weekend where they snuck? It was a two man barons hundred. The,
12: or there's one this weekend where it just
1: FlyQuest totally forgot about it, and Hundred Thieves just took it for free.
0: Yeah, I, I,
12: know, I, actually I think there's I another one the too this weekend. I've I've actually kind of stopped watching because games have gotten so boring because really. Of baron buff. I feel Definitely. like they're so
0: I'm sad you missed last Saturday because I felt like those games were super hype. Um and I, I would have I would encourage you to go back and watch a couple of them maybe if you if you're up for it. But um
12: I watched uh Counter Strike instead, which I know uh, is heresy. I'm sorry.
1: Uh the nice thing about a strong baron. <laughs> Moving on from that is uh, it forces people to do things because if you have a Baron that's not super important, what people used to do back when vision control was really strong is they'd like try and bait Baron. The other team would be like, "Fuck it, take it. We don't care. Go have your 60 AD AP buff, and that's all it used to give. It didn't used to buff minions and stuff." So like people people would just give up two or three Barons and scale. And like you need to make it strong enough to force people to do things, and I think it's really good at that. And, and, of course, that means it has to be strong because if it wasn't strong, no one would contest it. So, yes, it is very strong. and does kind of lead to the game ending. But at least now, people can't sack a Baron. Like, if you can sack a Baron, I think the game is not in the right state. Yeah. Um, really? Well,
0: you get so yeah. much action around the Baron pit and there's so much posturing and there's so many fights around that area. And it, I I feel like, honestly, that might be part of the reason why we've seen... I mean, this is anecdotal. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think Mark would probably back them up. We, I feel like we're seeing way more uh kills this year than last year
12: I think it that's also meta based sometimes but potentially, well, sure, definitely. but the baron
0: is part of the meta right
12: Yeah true but the baron's also stayed the same a little bit yeah, I, I baron, think teams kind of get better like at scrapping around baron and then not like suiciding like at 18 minutes around it and giving up free ones so I think teams are getting better but I just I find it so frustrating to watch a game that ends at like 24 minutes. I I think this split actually has been a little bit longer. I actually took the averages from this week, and this week was actually surprising. It was 38 minutes, I think, on Sunday, and then 34 minutes for uh, Saturday. Yeah. I you want wanted longer to go games? Little bit. I want longer games,
0: yeah. Uh, I'm actually okay with, with those numbers. 34 you and 38.
12: You like short games? Stixit, you want to be at the studio longer? I don't think
0: those are short no. games. I think those are okay games. Like, I think 34 to 38 is the sweet spot. I don't think I want, like, 25 minute games, but I definitely don't want yeah, like true. 48 minute games.
4: Well, and like the nice I said, thing I was, is, I was a little surprised, but and
0: I think the nice thing of a 34 to 38 minute game is that it actually makes the outliers feel much more impressive. Like whenever you see the TSM Golden Guardian Slugfest go on, you're like, whoa, this game, it, like they it feels out. really crazy. When you're like, here's another Elder and another Baron, and it makes that game feel really great on the other hand like short games it's like whoa they just got smashed right like that that feels like the happy medium to me
2: i guess yeah i don't know
12: if anyone wants to watch clutch and fly quest for 40 minutes so
2: i, no. I think it's also important <laughs> to note that it's not like the team that gets barren just instantly wins the game right they still have to play really well to end the game and a lot of times the enemy team can also defend it a lot better than we typically see um LCS. else yes, but i don't know i, I think there's don't... a lot of Room for improvement in that aspect, but, you know, teams that have Baron still have to play the game very well to win. Yeah.
1: I mean, even in the IGTL series game, there were two games that IG got a baron and lost. Uh, and those are some of the best teams in the world. And if baron was completely overpowered, that wouldn't happen. Yeah. True, true.
12: I, I do think it takes, like... I, I actually kind of disagree with Sticks at that point. I think it's easier to play with it than it is hard but i mean i could be way wrong with that obviously but i just feel like you also gain such a significant gold lead too like sometimes the games are almost even even and then all of a sudden you get the baron and it's like 5k difference and now the game's actually over and i know you guys are kind of talking about how you know that doesn't happen all the time but i I feel personally as someone who has watched leagues since you know I just feel like
0: especially (laughs) this past weekend I didn't see very many high baron power plays right like the number uh... I I
12: think it's actually settled down this split a little bit so maybe Mm -hmm. I should start watching a bit because I was actually really surprised to see all of these game times and kind of see how they then do I I almost wish that I was able to be more prepared and see how many barons were taken in these games because I think that's a bigger like uh, indicator of how how the games are going, especially where well so there's there's two things
1: one Mars unfortunately, I think you're in the minority of people in terms of what they enjoy watching in league oh definitely uh, I, I think people like fast games, yeah, they like fast fast and bloody uh, the other thing is that you know the the baron is intentionally designed to be the end game reward for winning a fight. Mm-hmm. you rarely see a baron taken without having to do something first and so the Baron is the reward for doing that thing correctly. When CLG lost their game against C9, they lost a fight in the mid lane trying to siege down mid turret, and then the Baron went over. And that's kind of what makes those fights so important, so exciting, is because if someone wins that fight, they're probably winning the game. And like, the game was totally open until that point. Yes, once, once C9 had it, it's looking pretty fucked for CLG, but like that's how the game is played. I, I think myself and a lot of people like that that everyone is focused on winning a fight so they can get that Baron, or finding a pick so they can get that Baron, not you know, getting a pick, getting a fight, getting a baron, sitting around for 10, f- six minutes, next Baron spawns, get a bigger goal lead, grow it up to 15K before you can dive a base turret, you know? Yeah, true.
0: Hey Mars, thanks so much for calling in. Anything you want to say uh, as we say goodbye?
12: Nah, not really. Just go CLG as usual. Thank right. you. See you. Hell yeah. All
0: right, our last caller coming up here in just a second. Uh, but stick around because after the show, I've got a special surprise for everybody. I think You'll really enjoy it. Night G LOL. Thank you for the two months and Vape Enthusiast sixty nine. Great Twitch name. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you for the stuff. Ciro is here Is that how you pronounce your name?
1: Yes right. Shit, zero. I thought you were going to get it wrong for sure like I did well, what?
0: How did you say it?
1: I said like Cairo oh, That's yeah.
13: how a lot of people say it
0: Ciro, you know, I just Look, I'm really good at I just connect with people And I I know these things inherently Ciro, uh, where are you calling from?
13: Uh, Jackson, Michigan
0: Jackson, Michigan Well, thank you for being a sub It's really nice whenever I see people Sub To the channel Sub zero.
13: Ciro uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, so my take is that in aside from MVP and the All Pro team, the LCS awards for each split are done really bad and could uh, take a lot out of being moved to a yearly format instead of every split. So you're talking so about rookie and right coach, ahead. right? Yeah, and I think they also they could also add a lot more.
0: Okay. Um, and you said they should be moved to yearly instead of split-wise. Yeah, aside from coach and MVP. Alright, I mean, I I want you to expand, but the very first thing I would point out, just while it's on my mind, is like there is, I feel like, they already suffer from someone's recency bias that if you're asking somebody in August to remember how well somebody might have done in like January and February, like that's just I I don't think that, I think people will only remember summer split whenever they're voting.
13: That's fair. I think my... The main thing I was thinking about were... um I was thinking mostly about rookie of the split. I think that award's just really bad for the most part, because I remember back when, um for EU LCS, back when it was that, WIPO, I believe it was his first split. He didn't play enough games to count for theirs, and then the next split he had played too much. So they had to, like, come up with rookie of the year on the fly for him, I believe, and I look at players like Wiggly, who could, uh, if it was rookie of the year you know, he's improved a lot more. I think they could also add a most improved player, stuff like that. I think it just, it's a more breadth to look at for player performance. And I just think it's something that could possibly be done and they can make a bigger deal out of it that way.
0: I actually think I like the idea of a comeback player of the summer split. So what if, if there was only in summer split, you could get comeback player where it's a lot of like thinking about how the player did in spring versus summer, that kind of thing.
1: I think you could even do it for for spring, you know. There's there's going to be a guy who had a shit season who has a good one. Uh, Stixley, how much do you, do you care about awards at the end of the split? Do you guys pay attention to that?
2: Uh, I mean, I think every every pro pays a lot of attention to the awards. I think, in my mind, like every pro's goal should be to try to get MVP first split. Um, it's always been my goal, but yeah, I think on the topic that recency bias is pretty important when it comes to these decisions. And maybe they should just add, like, a most improved player over the year or something. Maybe they should have split awards and then yearly awards, like, separate them or something. But I do think some need to be uh, split by split, and but I think there could definitely be some that go by year. Do you, do you care about... So I
1: know you like MVP. What about, like, all-pro team? Do you guys take pride when you're like, I made the
2: all-pro roster or something like that? Uh, I don't... Think so. I don't I don't know if I've ever made all-pro roster actually, but really I, what about There's gotta I, be one split like yeah, there, 20, I, I, 2016. Might have, I might have yeah. I don't know if it's not first it doesn't matter, but okay. Yeah, I don't know I, I don't think people care too much. I think people definitely care a lot more about like MVP of the does, split. It feel,
0: does it feel bad when if no member because I don't know I don't, I'm not gonna make any assumptions because I forget but I'm pretty sure no one from CLG made any of the three all-pro teams last split well, uh, only
1: one player who wasn't TSM C9 or yeah,
2: like, yeah. TL did yeah, yeah, yeah. Santorin. Santorin, I think. Santorin,
0: yep. So, so does that feel bad, or maybe maybe last split it didn't feel bad because you're like, well, fucking, oh, no one, none of the, any besides Santorin did it, you know. So,
2: but I, I don't know yeah. if that feels bad at all. I mean, not not really. I don't know. In my eyes, it's like that. That's gear is like 14 out of 15 players on TSM C9 and TL, I believe. Yeah. And uh, it's just like one of those things where. When you're on those kind of teams, you're just going to naturally look better because the team works really well together and you have, like, an agency in the team. Whereas a lot of the other teams, you're still trying to figure out, like, what the hell's going on. And so naturally the players just look a lot worse. So it's kind of expected,
1: I guess. Who who didn't deserve it last split? If it was just, oh, their team carried them to that award. Who, who would you have taken off?
2: Oh, God. Uh,
1: <laughs> man, I have to think of the rosters. The only person who but, didn't make it was... Acadian for TSM, which Santorin stole. I see.
2: I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say because it's also like last split TSM c yeah. 9 had really good players, right? So it's hard to just be like, no, they didn't deserve it because I think from the eye test, they looked really good as well. Yeah. My point was just that, you know, you tend to look better when your team is not. It's it's almost always
1: made up of, of top four teams. So, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah.
0: yeah. Well, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mark.
1: Oh, nothing. I was just going to say, I I think, I totally agree with Sixay, though, about the, like, some split and some yearly. Rookie of the split happens too often. Like, there's not enough turnover to have a good candidate every time. Yeah. Like, Like, yes, Viper was pretty good last split but Wiggly's really good this split but he can't because he was a rookie last split and now it's like I guess
5: bruh thank well, god And god you have it. stuff
0: where like you have players that are it feels really weird I think for NA fans who watch NA and they're like oh this broken blade guy has never been around before and he's not like a big player from the LEC or something and you think okay well maybe he can get it because this is kind of his coming out year in one of the major and then it's like nope he's not qualified so it is. It's is weird because we do bring in like new faces or whatever, and they don't always have the ability to qualify either. Yeah,
13: I, I think, think a uh, lot of time. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Cyril. Uh, I think a lot of time too. What can happen is someone comes in spring split. Uh, they like pop off as a rookie. I think it can happen a lot, especially for junglers. And that seems like in summer they kind of get figured out or they fall off a lot harder. And then suddenly they they went from rookie to split to just another average player. I think that's another thing that can happen too. Is it? If
1: you go yeah. split by split. Yeah. Stixit, if you could design one award, what, what award would you want to, to exist?
2: Oh, man. Tre- Trevor of the Year. Let's, let's see. The I winner mean, is Quickshot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there actually is a few Trevors in these sports. Or, I guess, a lot of these sports. Um, God. I, I feel like, for me, it just has to be Most Improved Player of the Year. And I also feel like that's a, an award that's like really... Uh, feels really good to get, you know, because you're like, wow, people really notice how good, or how much better I got. So, that would probably be fun.
0: What about, like, most fashionable player of the year?
1: What about some gaffies? (sighs) I could see that. Did you watch the gaffies? He didn't. No. (laughs) I don't know what that is.
0: They're, they're, okay, well, (laughs) I'll link it to you. It's it's really Uh, good.
1: Travis put on a little show. And handed out awards. I was
0: thinking, I had forgotten about that because it was like right at the beginning of the year, and then obviously the season started. I forgot about it until recently. Um, and I'm still so. It's actually maybe the my favorite thing I've done this year uh, was that award show. So I li- highly recommend if you missed the Gafford Esports Awards, go back. I made fun of virtually everyone. Um, so I felt like that was pretty good. Stick say I linked it to you. Okay, um, I'll, I'll go to
1: you watch. don't
0: you don't have to watch it. No, no. Six no, A. As soon as the show's done, I want you to immediately open it <laughs> and watch it. It's very good. I'm
1: watching it right now, don't we? Okay, good.
0: If you do, you want to tell us what you're seeing and what you're enjoying about it?
2: Uh, I see Travis in a suit. Is that Tux?
0: It is a Tux. Yes.
2: Nice. I like it. Oh. Is this fake? This is all green screen, right?
0: <clears throat> well, you know, it's it's high caliber.
2: Zero. Oh, it's obviously. Oh, yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of cameos. Uzi. This is really long. Uzi made, set it a video for it. We got a lot of people. Hmm. Zero. I'll,
2: have to, I'll check it out. Yeah,
0: Zero. What do you uh, What do you got for us? Anything here at the end?
13: Uh, not much. I guess I just hope to see CLG in Detroit for finals. When I started watch, I started watching professional league during the MSI finals run. It's been my favorite team since. So that'd be hype. Hope you guys make it to Worlds, and uh. Shout out to the friends I play with, especially Connor, whose birthday it is.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for, uh, for calling in. I actually, I really liked your topic, so thank you.
13: Thank you. Okay. All
0: right. So that is the show. Uh, I've got a surprise for people that stick around. I'm going to show them a really fun interview that we did this week that's coming out tomorrow. Uh, Mark, what do you got for us?
1: Uh, not much. TFT technically comes out tomorrow, but I think it's a rollout regionally, so we might not get to Wednesday. I definitely want to make a lot more TFT content. My YouTube channel uh, got sort of deleted because uh, my Team Liquid email, which it was synced to, is gone, so I'm trying to get it restored onto my Mark Z email. Did but you reach out to if... YouTube about it? I reached out to Alex, yeah, yeah. but he didn't respond. He, he was responding initially, and then I went silent for three months, and now he's not responding, so. Okay. Kind of my fault. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, if not, I'll find another way, because I want to talk about this game with other people, so we'll figure it out.
0: I know, I know someone who has a YouTube channel.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not you have more of my content on your YouTube channel? Yeah, my power rankings already.
0: Yeah, uh, people like that.
1: Oh, shit, someone else said uh, drunk player ratings are coming up, so probably 4th of July again, me, Skara, and hopefully we can get some more casters in it this time, and other people, other personalities. Travis, you want to do a drunk player rating stream?
0: Yeah, but I would need to rate them on something other than their their play. No,
1: dude, it's it's fine. It's it's a it's a group poll anyway, so it doesn't it doesn't matter. You'll okay. get flamed by Twitch chat. It it doesn't. It's yeah, for yeah. fun. I'm, I'm,
0: o- I'm open to it. Just uh, let's Sick. let's talk about it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Stick say, what do you want to plug? What do you want to shout out? What you got going on? What's going on?
2: Uh, not too much. I'm definitely pretty hungry, so I'll probably go eat soon. <laughs> but thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate yeah. it.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for coming on. Uh, Does CLG have any merch that you want to show?
2: Store.sealgaming.net. I was feeling it earlier. Store.sealgaming.net.
0: Store.sealgaming.net. All right, there you go. People can go check out the CLG. Oh, you guys have some Pride stuff on there. That's kind of cool. Um, All right, well, that has been the show. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Hey, we didn't really have any very very many technical issues, which is great, because in the past we've had, I mean, I know there were a couple bumps, but like, I'm sorry that we've had some issues. Uh, I, I we're trying to make sure that that doesn't happen. I I, I love the show and I want to make sure that everybody really enjoys it. Um, and speaking of the show, please tune in again Friday at 8 p.m. Pacific to uh, make sure you catch the live Hotline League. Uh is going to be there with Weldon. It's going to be great. Just us. And if you're in if you're in LA. Uh, Be sure to come by as well. If you have a ticket to Rift Rivals, you get priority, but uh, there should be some space for some other folks too. So you can tweet at Alienware if you have any questions. Uh, That's it for the show here. Thanks, everyone, for watching, and uh, I love you all. Goodbye.